Camilla Martins Bacat is back, and we are visiting tomorrow that we started visiting in February of 2021. Camilla joined us for an episode titled Electric Vehicles Today and a Map to Tomorrow. So today we're going to explore what a difference a year can make and what path we continue to journey on towards the electrification of our future. And it is a long and winding road. That's my two cents. Um, I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, and this is Down to Earth Tucson. Please join me in welcoming back the one and only Camilla martins Picot. I love the Where Are They Now episodes that they do on Oprah. Like she has guests and then she does. So where are they now? So this isn't as long as she usually waits, but this is kind of like that because we're going to find out what you're up to. And let me refresh everyone's memories just about who you are and what you are up to at TEP. Camilla is a senior market development representative for TEP, where she plans, develops, and executes initiatives to foster business expansion and relocation in the communities served by Tucson Electric Power and Unisource Energy Services, often collaborating with key representatives in state, regional, and local governments and agencies. Additionally, she works to build external support for corporate objectives and offerings through targeted strategic public outreach and long-term collaboration by serving on community-based committees, boards, and or working groups. Camilla is currently working to implement TEP's transportation electrification initiatives. So there you have it. And I just think it's kind of interesting to press pause because that was all I read. But if you stop and think about it, the multiple layers for what you do. It just sounds so neat and tidy in this little package of your bio, but I happen to know a lot about what you actually have to do, and it can be daunting. So many moving parts, so many partners involved, a big, huge, heavy lift in terms of the objective in uncharted waters because our country has never electrified before. So that's my way of saying thank you for staying in the game and doing such a good job at it. You've had to curate, manage, and support quite a few things that I'm aware of in this town. So I'm really, really happy to have you here. Thank you. Okay, so we can't do this without mentioning the Sparky video. And I decided I'm going to start with that. And for all of our listeners, if you haven't looked at the Mrs. Green and Sparky video, which I was brought into kicking and screaming, and I said to Kelly, this is going to be so weird and so hokey, and it was so outstanding. Hats off to Nate Aries and Kelly King for making that happen because it was what you do when you are a good creative and a good editor, and they got all the content in. It packed a punch. So I made people stop what they were doing and I would call them up and I'd say, go to the Mrs. Green's World YouTube channel and and look at the Sparky video. And it was hilarious. Agreed? I loved it. You know, I I was kind of like you. I was like, is this really going to work? It's going to be so hokey. But, you know, you have to trust the process. <laughs> so, Did I ever so learn? I trusted the process. And when I saw the final product, I was I was super proud of the things that we we were able to do together. And so hats off to, to Nate and Kelly for sure and for having that vision and for really Agreed. sticking through it. A lot of work. And I'm like, yeah. Nate, I have to talk to my car. And now people want us to do a series. And I'm working on that because it was it's the way people learn. It's fun. 
And it was really, it was a lot of hard work too. I don't want to ever be in the acting profession because at about take 40, I'm done. But the basic message was how TEP is committed not to the electrification of our city in areas where people can afford to buy, you know, a Tesla or the latest wonderful electric vehicle, but for our underserved areas where there are greater amounts of pollution, which was pretty much the message of the video, that you have a very strategic plan. So when I say that it packed a punch, it was about what I would call the social justice issue of what TEP is trying to do is to make it a more level playing field in terms of greener areas and less polluted areas. So it wasn't just fun and funny. There was a really impactful message. Like I say to people, it packed a punch. So we have fun and I hope there's going to be more of that. And everybody, the link is in the show notes so you can do it. So I can't believe it's a year since we last spoke like this. What's happened in your world in a year that you want to talk about especially as it relates to the commercial programs, which is a big area of focus for you. Yeah, you know, a year goes by and sometimes you notice that it's happened and then other times you're like, how did we get there? (laughs) And I'm a little bit in the, how did we get there? Because it has been quite a bit of a whirlwind. And, you know, I want to take a step back and kind of say that all of TEP's accomplishments around transportation and electrification come to life because we have a super powerful team working on these efforts. You know, I think that um, the the unsung heroes in the background are like the designers that work on bringing the infrastructure to fruition. There's no glory, but it's what makes it happen. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's the magical stuff that happens in the background. Yeah, they're right? not in a sparky video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they deserve all the credit, yes. right? And so... Um, what we've done has been, you know, growing our existing programs and really making changes to the programs to kind of deliver that impact that we were looking for, going back to your point about environmental justice. And, you know, I just want to touch on a point about the role that TEP plays in transportation electrification and the delivery of equitable benefits around that, right? We have a commercial program and a residential program that absolutely supports the adoption of electric vehicles. We 100% want to be supportive of that. We also know that we have to be strategic about how we support it because we don't want to um, see all of the efforts go toward one particular customer segment. Got it. And so that is why we do transit electrification. That is why we've recently partnered with Volta on a unique uh, partnership that I I feel is is beneficial. And um, it brings charging stations to disadvantaged communities that also pull in customers from all areas of the city. Awesome. And so, and on these charging stations, they're really quite incredible. They're kind of like large televisions. We are going to be pushing out messaging regarding our energy efficiency programs, say even outage communications. Awesome. And it's really cool because you can, the messaging changes every eight seconds. And instead of having like a static message that's on a billboard for say, you know, three months, we can, you know, change that messaging to whatever message we want to deliver to that particular customer segment. And so we're really excited for that to come to fruition. And so our partnership with them is for four sites, so eight charging stations, and we're going to cater the messaging at each of these sites 
to the particular demographics of the area that they're in. Which in the way that people can hear it, because that's how people get information in short snippets, usually on a screen. So what is Volta? Who is Volta? Volta is a um, company that engages in advertising. So they, they know what they're doing. They know what they're, they're doing. They target. Have, they have lots of partnerships with uh, existing businesses, but they deliver their advertising through these screens that are embedded in electric vehicle chargers. And I would suggest that everybody should go to their website and check it out, Volta, V-O-L-T-A. Um, they, they have them up in How feet. clever, anyway. Mm-hmm. Volta? I know. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> And so they have them, you know, up in Phoenix and in larger cities. And we wanted to bring it here because not only is it a way for us to push out messaging around some of the things that we want to communicate to our customers, it's delivering the charging infrastructure and it's free charging. So there's no cost. Oh my gosh, that really matters. Right? So the cost is kind of covered through those advertising fees. And, you know, in like this is... This is the beauty about being in Tucson, which is, you know, a secondary or tertiary market when, when you're talking, you know, in the, right, bus- right. In the business sense. Um, Volta found um, enough advertisers that were willing to spend funds to put these up in the Phoenix area. The Tucson market's a little different. And so, <laughs> it's a lot different. So they, they weren't it's a quite, lot different. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, let's be honest, it's a lot different. Um, so they weren't quite ready to come into our service territory with that service. And so we said, well, what if we were able to, you know, control 50% of the advertising uh, time and we then got to dictate where they went and what was on the, what was on the uh, awesome. advertising. Awesome. thought it was a great, great use of our, of our um, education funds to our customers. We really want to push out some energy efficiency messaging. I mean, just think about it, like, Let's say there's going to be a storm coming in and we want to make sure that our customers know, hey, there's a storm that's coming. You might, you know, experience an outage. Here's what, you know, some things that you can do. Right, So it really provides an opportunity for us to do a number of things um, in terms of customer communication. And again, I'm just so into this whole like what lies beneath? Because you just packed a whole bunch of what it took to deliver that one partnership to find them to then make a suggestion or agree to participate financially as a partner and then find other people to help support it. I mean, it, it's to me, it's illustrative of the power of partnerships, which I think TEP should really pride themselves on because I say that all the time because I go out a lot <laughs> now, now that I can go out. And there's a lot that TEP has done it, on so many levels to make our community safer and better and cleaner and greener. And it takes a lot of work. And I love that you're the unsung heroes. I feel like that about Mrs. Green's world. You know, I'm Mrs. Green, but I'm Mrs. Green with seven people standing, not behind me, beside me in a line, moving us all forward. I couldn't do it. I, I just think about what it takes for Kelly to just get all the stuff ready for one show. And then I do the show prep for the interview and then she makes it all beautiful. And then, you know, there's Dave. I always like to say hi to Dave because I know he's listening. But my whole team makes it all work. And it's, they don't always get, I'm the one that's the talent that gets to speak and my face is on it, but it's just, it's just so illustrative of what it takes. So I want to ask you about um, incentive levels. We talked about that on the last show a year ago. 
Have they changed? Who qualifies? Give us an update on what is going on with incentive levels. It was very robust and a lot in the beginning. How is it now? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you bring this up because we just recently um, made some modifications that are not currently um, in force. They are going to be um, changing, I think, April 15th is, is, is the date, the official date of the change. That's a good day, tax day. <laughs> um, so the, the reason why we made some program changes were kind of twofold. One, we wanted to make sure that we were incentivizing really good quality projects. We wanted to make sure that people weren't just doing it to do it because the funds were available, but that they actually had a use case associated with why they were applying for our program. And we also wanted to make sure that the recipients or the users of these uh, charging stations were the intended audience. And so the, the changes that we've made so far is we restricted the qualification for the disadvantaged community level of incentive. And so as where before, um, all that needed to occur was the project needed to be located in that disadvantaged community as defined by the U.S. Census Bureau. Now they have to be located in it and make the charging available to the public. That's a really good change. It, it makes sense. It really does. It, it really does. I hope um, Leon Musk gets that memo. I'm sorry. Why do I pick on that guy, Elon Musk? I do. I do pick on him because I'm mad that he made charging stations just for Teslas when he could have helped with the electrification of America by having the equivalent of a USB for charging stations. But that's a story for another tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so another that's story. that's a great qualifier. Yeah. And so then on the incentive levels, what we did is we recently uh, approved a 10% reduction for the standard use cases. And we wanted to keep the disadvantaged community use cases at the, at the original level. Because again, right. you know, it's believed that people of limited income or people that live in disadvantaged communities have higher barriers to overcome in the transportation electrification process. And so supporting those projects with a little bit higher financial incentive makes sense for us because, again, we want to ensure that the benefits are delivered equitably. It's the across. only way it's going to happen yeah. is if you do that. So you, you're looking at the right person here eye to eye. It's like, yes, because they don't have all the things in their toolbox that a lot of people do just north of Broadway. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of challenges that come with it. So that's awesome, really awesome. And I want to ask, like, I have this expression, which sometimes I wish we were on video where I go this just in because things come into my head. With your role, I would assume, and I know a little bit about one case where this is uncharted waters. This is the first time America has a big vision for electrification plan. Like this is not, this train has left the station. It's going to happen. What is your role when there are bumps in the road? Like when something happens with the charging stations or there's a permitting issue, how involved do you are you able to become as a highly regulated utility? What can you, Camilla, do if, you know, you helped set up this partnership and there's a blip? So... I mean, we encounter that all the time, right? Blips happen in I would, every In project. everything, especially with new things. Yeah, in every project. And so it's expected that things are not going to go smoothly. And we do a really good job wow. of <laughs> speaking with 
and and informing our partners and our customers that you know this is this is new and you might find something new along the way you might be frustrated by something and we're in it together and and that's really the message right like we might encounter the same bumps but whatever it is we're there to have a conversation back and forth about how do we solve problems how do we um, foresee the other bumps that might come along the way and so you know the strength of the partnerships our strength of the connections that we have in the community really do help you know, so if there is a project that's experiencing a permitting problem, right, you know who to ask. Hey, can you check on this for me? You know, and so it's 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 really Just that simple. It's thing. really that it, simple. Especially sometimes. in Tucson, can really be of great value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't say we're one and done. I hope you like your new charging station and TEP is on to the next thing. You're in it for the partnership, of course. And you know, I, I will um, give a shout out to. Um, the Tucson Electric Vehicle Association. Um, Aren't they awesome? They have my phone like, number and they seriously? call me all the time. And I really appreciate it because they are like the eyes and ears on the ground. They're like, this station isn't working. This station is like this. They're the glue. They're on the road. They yeah. are They are boots on the ground. Yeah. yeah and they came to the, um, we had a press conference when Hotel Congress in the partnership with Chapman Automotive Group and Mrs. Green's World and some others really work to bring this about because it isn't simple. You don't just go get a permit. There's lots of, of moving parts and I was glad to be a part of it so that I learned. It, it helps inform me about future partnerships and ways that I can be of help. So do you want to talk about anything that's been the most challenging for you? I love to ask that question and I can't help it. I don't want to put the guests on the spot, but you seem to do things mostly with ease and grace. <laughs> From what I observe, you have a great sense of humor. But are there things that you're maybe pulling your hair out about in private that you'd be interested in sharing? I don't need a visual. But are the what are some of the biggest obstacles, I guess? There's a really good question here about there are obstacles and what frustrates you and how how do you see them being overcome? Or maybe there aren't. So if I'm honest. Yes. Please. There are obstacles that make me want to tear my hair out. <laughs> yes, that's a good answer. We did not rehearse this, everybody. <laughs> um, and it is really around the different offerings um, around the services that support EV charging. Got it. Everyone is trying to figure out how to deliver the best customer experience, which is creating a situation where there are so many options and so many alternatives that if you're not careful in your quest to deliver the best customer service, you will end up delivering a bifurcated customer service. And so it's really important for us as a utility to always ask ourselves, how will our customers feel during this process right. or during this phase. Right. And how can we create a service that best meets their needs? And their needs are constantly changing, which means we have to be able to pivot at any point. Nimble, nimble, nimble. <laughs> yeah. Which is something that, you know, perhaps isn't a utilities forte. <laughs> no kidding. That's that's the, the magic of it to me in this question of how do you because you are very heavily regulated. There are things that, that have to be approved of. 
if you talk to the press, which I don't think TEP considers me the press after all these years, I'm, a, I'm an environmental educator wanting to get these important messages out. So it is really, I, I was thinking about it when I'm writing these notes and I'm thinking there's got to be some things that are just, it's always in the early, early adopter stage, adapter stage where people are, I never know if it's adopter or adapter. It's okay. Early adapters. Um, that they're the ones that are the pioneers that pave the way, that overcome the obstacles, that don't even know what obstacles are going to happen and then figure out how to overcome them. And that's what you're doing all the time <laughs> for right now. Yeah, and, and you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's exciting and it's yes, new. And, yes, new frontier. Know, love it. And it's an opportunity for us as a utility to really work on being more nimble and being you know, I hate to use the word because everybody uses it, but agile in our approach like that to, to, to how we're um, trying to uh, roll out our transportation electrification strategy. And so, um, you know, there are a lot of things that we investigate that we decide are great ideas, just not great ideas for us right now. Right, right, right. So it's a process. And I think about for example, I, I wanted to ask you to go a little bit in the weeds about how the market is and where it is. Are people knocking your door down and you don't have enough people to even get these businesses up and running and get the charging stations in? Or do you go out and solicit or a combination of both? And I think about, for example, my friend Sean Feeney at Bookman's Entertainment Exchange. It's a big deal to him for their new flagship store that they're going to put in to have these charging stations because he sees the future and he knows it and he's very um, very aware of environmental challenges. So he's already met with Todd Hanley from Hotel Congress, which is the best thing to do is to go to someone that's been through it and it was a very positive meeting. But I just wonder, like my clients and partners tend to really care about the environment because I'm Mrs. Green. <laughs> But what are you finding? Are businesses seeing the future and knowing how important it's going to be? They are. And that's um, a great answer. I just want to go, bam. Yes. And and you know, to different degrees and depending on the type of business, right? It it will vary a little bit. But there are businesses that are putting charging stations in because their customers want that amenity. There are businesses that are putting it in because they see that that's where the trend is going and they want to be at the forefront. And then there are businesses that are doing it because they've been mandated to do it. You know, so like Ow. if a corporate or if a corporation yes, has, yes. you know, environmental or sustainability goals, this is one way to meet a component of those goals. You know, if you take Pima County, for example, they have a goal to electrify their light duty fleet and they are well on their way. Um, right, right. So they're being, they're really certainly stepping that up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that because I work with them for um, environmental education training and it's a wonderful partnership to see how they're growing. So do you have a really great announcement or did I read this wrong about a once in a lifetime funding opportunity to accelerate EV adoption? And before you answer it, a year ago, when we spoke, and, and, and this has been an ongoing conversation in my head, I just don't see even now how we're going to get from here to there. And I know we are. I know that we are going to be a country of significantly increased electric vehicles. So when I read about an acceleration 
how to accelerate EV adoption. I mean, I just got a car and I couldn't get, it was, it, it was out of my price range, honest, radical transparency to get um, even a hybrid. But it's my goal. I want to get one because there was nothing that made me happier than when Chapman gave me an electric car and all I did was plug it in every night for a year and a half. That's all I did. I took two road trips. So what are you going to be able to do to incentivize people to what I call a ticking bomb, which is our CO2 emissions? (laughs) That's Gina talking here to cut down on those because that's what it's all about for me, cutting down on emissions. So... You know, I think that um, the most impactful way really is to educate our customers on the benefits of electrification. Yes. Show them how easy it is and then support them in their decision. You know, a very articulate way to get it happen. I think that um, some customers come to us and they have a plan, they know exactly what they want to accomplish and they just want our support. There are other customers that come to us that, I saw an ad at the Super Bowl. That looked like a cool car. <laughs> I would like to get one. How do I do this? You know, so it's, it's at different levels and meeting people where they're at. And when you talk, you know, you start off with this like once in a lifetime opportunity, right? This uh, infrastructure act that was passed there's going to be a lot of funding for transportation and electrification. And we are working very closely with key customers that are going to be recipients, hopefully, Yay. of these funds to help them through the process and to make their proposal more competitive. You know, working with SunTran to continue down their, you know, transit electrification efforts. If you think about, you know, who rides our buses, where our buses go, um, just how much emissions is, is, is coming off of those buses, back to the Sparky video, right? It's, it's part of what we want to do. It's part of what's right. It's the right thing to do. And we definitely want to continue down that road. Simultaneously working with the school districts on school bus electrification. Yes, all these things, there are there's so many of them every day. Every day and the kids, you know, and they're just like the little kids sitting outside of the bus is like the, the smoke is coming out. It's, yeah, it makes sense. And, and we want to make sure that Tucson is well positioned to take advantage of these funding opportunities. I mean, think about how, what has happened to Tucson because of the streetcar, for example. No kidding. And that was because people had their ducks in a row and when they applied for that funding, they were competitive and they got it. Just look what happened. So I think that's kind of like a similar position, but more on the environmental benefit and health benefit side. Um, So it will be incentivized. So in addition to all of your other roles there at TEP, you guys, you're going to have to be watching the federal funding streams and helping to capture that to make sure that we get our fair share to electrify Tucson. That's a bit. That's a big role. That's another one. You say it so lightly, and it's like, do you know what that takes? A lot. Well, and so you know, just to kind of um, represent how serious we are about helping our customers be well positioned to take advantage of this funding, we actually have uh, Jennifer uh, North. I think she's she's been on your show before. She 
is always got an she's eye on, on those it. funding opportunities. And she sends like a ton of emails all the time. She's like, did you see this? Did you see this? And then we then, you know, she sends us the opportunities. We connect with the customer. We identify action plans for, you know, what we can do next. And, you know, we had kind of a, uh, oh, like one of those aha moments, we're doing okay. The other day when the federal government came out with like a guideline on how to take advantage of um, this IIJA funding. And so for the school bus portion, it gave you like four things that you're supposed to be doing. And we brought this to our meeting with TUSD. And as we were ticking through, we're like, oh, well, we're ahead of this. So that's kind (laughs) of good. So it, it was just kind of comforting to see that our efforts, you know, are headed in the right direction. Yeah, and you're getting recognized. I know that you just recently got another award. I don't remember the name of it, but I, I've got my eye on you guys. I know good things are happening outside of the utility community. It's it, To me, it's like a bigger recognition of the efforts of TEP as community partners. I mean, it blows me away. And I also want to say that this is, as a small business owner, and I've owned small and bigger businesses, much bigger Nobody has a lot of cash sitting around. I, I mean, Camilla, I mean it. Big. We talked about it the other day with one friend of mine who has a company that's million, multi-million. Cash flow is a challenge. And on top of COVID, dealing with all of that. So these incentives will help make it happen. I don't see how it would happen without it because it, the, the costs are cost prohibitive. And what I see from the examples that I know of, everybody's trying to do a little bit. And, and private in, industry is throwing in their piece that they can and the federal government and the you know all of us are as partners trying to move the needle in the same direction. You bring up a really good point with everybody kind of coming in with what they can bring to the table. And that's how you how everybody can really get these meaningful projects across the finish line. It's about layering of incentives and services that different partners can offer to build a comprehensive package. So you hit it right on. It's it's power partnerships. And when you say we're not the same as Phoenix, I tried to work up, I ran a statewide program for one thing for the state for DES. And it was like, there's Tucson and then there's the rest of Arizona. It's much harder and more challenging because it's a lot bigger, a lot more moving parts, geographical spread. So the thing that I'm going to say now, it's like time flies when you're having fun because we've been talking for 30 minutes. Stop it. Stop it. I just left and I went, oh, it's, oh yeah. So what? <laughs> anyway, when you're having fun, that's what happens. So let's, my my wrap up question is, where are you going next? What does our tomorrow look like when it comes to your transportation electrification offerings after the approval of the statewide transportation electrification plan? So where, what does, just give us a little through the looking glass. What do we, what can we expect? More of the same, better, bigger, older? I will steal your words and then hope that um, <laughs> I, I, that's very complimentary. I <laughs> hope that um, the enthusiasm and the prudency of what we've been doing is reflected in the ACC's decision. So backing up a little bit, um, at the end of 2021, it was the end of December, the ACC approved phase two of the statewide transportation electrification plan. With that approval, they said APS and TEP and UNSC go forth and develop transportation electrification implementation plans. So basically take the concepts that are in the statewide plan, make them into programs and offerings um, for 
all these customer segments and then submit it for, for approval by the ACC. And so we're in the process of developing that. And so is it bigger? Yes. Is it bolder? Yes. Um, and I made all that up. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and really what, what we're hoping um, is to build upon the success that we've had so far with both our residential and commercial programs, but then kind of bring in that um, part, like a stronger partnership component where um, we really focus on helping our clients plan for the transition because a lot goes into transitioning to electric. Yes. You know, on the residential side, if it's, you know, just one single car, that's one thing. But if it's a fleet, that, that, that gets complex very quickly. It's a lot of work. And then there's, you know, the work on the grid side that needs to occur in order to accommodate that growth. And so bringing those two components, those two planning components together is really um, where we're hoping to go. And so, um, you know, it's not written in stone. It's still in development. We have stakeholder meetings where we hear what our uh, constituents are saying. And, you know, one of the things that I forgot to mention earlier, which we've been hearing from our stakeholders, is really that concentration on delivering the impacts to low to moderate income areas. And one of the other changes that we just recently approved is that we are setting aside 30% of our commercial program budget for projects located in disadvantaged communities. And I think that's another one of those, oh, that's the correct change. Goosebumps that's the right for thing Mrs. Green. Goosebumps for Mrs. Green. And so building on that, right, we have, um, we're going to propose a number of offerings that really target um, that particular customer segment. We're excited to see what happens. So I want to, we have listeners that listen from all over the country. We are very blessed. Actually, we have some all over the world that listen to our podcast. So the ACC is the Arizona Corporation Commission. And I believe that we have a unique structure in Arizona. Imagine that, Arizona being different. Oh, hello. And they, the Corporation Commission regulates the utilities. So that's one difference than in many states. The other difference is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I know, that's correct. The other difference is TP is unique in that it is both a provider of energy and most a lot of electric companies source it from other places, but you have sources. So you're both the source and the provider for the delivery of it. So that's that's another, to me, it's wonderful because it's like one <laughs> and you have control over a lot of the moving parts. But I think that's a good clarification for the audience. Is there anything that you're going to get in the car and say, oh, man, I forgot. I wish Gina had asked me that that you want to put on because this was way too much fun. You know, Gina, I have to say that a lot of times uh, the question that I like to put back is, you know, how can, you know, I want to know how I can help you, but how can you help me? And I think this is exactly what we're doing, getting the information out there. Right, right. Um, You know, I always say, you know, go to our website, ask questions, you know, send us an email. Uh, We'll be happy to answer. And I really appreciate the fact that, you know, we've had this conversation now twice and I hope that we get to do this again. I do too. It's about being proactive and you're right. And I just, I was just writing up notes because I'm working with the county, with Pima County on a green stewards program. And I know, and I'm sure you know, 
I like the analogy of the the ticking clock, and I always think about it in relationship to Peter Pan and the alligator, where it's coming closer to hook, and you can hear it, it gets louder and louder, because the alligator's about to snap. It's snapping already. We have a very hot planet. <laughs> and to me, the race to the finish for changing it is with the electric electrification of vehicles. I really believe that. Planting trees is one because that helps with <laughs> the heat and then getting things electrified. I can honestly say that it was joyful having an electric vehicle. So that's it. I, I'm thrilled. I will get one. The other part I want to admit, say is now with gas prices at staggering amounts, I worked with at-risk children and families for 30 years. It's awful. Like I'm driving less and I can afford gas. I, I don't have unlimited funds, but if I need to put gas in the car, I've got it in my checkbook. There are people, and you know this, mm -hmm. that have to make a decision about buying diapers or putting gas in the car. So to have people in lower socioeconomic brackets get access to electric vehicles, have less pollution, and then not have to pay for it. If, can you imagine if they had electric vehicles and could just go charge at one of the four places you're going to put in for free? It's a really substantive way to bring about long-term systemic change. That's what I'm always about. Not, it's not a quick fix. If we electrify, we're going to help with the preservation of the planet because we are the bigger, biggest offenders, <laughs> among the biggest offenders. So anyway, I want to end on an up note. So here's my up note. Thank you. Thank you for your work, your passion, your commitment to our community. And I mean you, because I know you have it. And for being wonderful. You are leading the way and it's fun. And then the last thing I want to say is here's to more Sparky videos. I'm working at Kiddo. They were, it was so, it's, it's, I'm really able to laugh at myself because I did not want to do it. And Nate and Kelly, every time I say it, and then you know, Kelly called me, she goes, okay, stop what you're doing. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're in a meeting, stop what you're doing and go look at this video. And she was laughing hysterically. And it's gotten quite a bit of play. People, one person saw it and called me and said, this is it. This is it. This is your future. This is what you have to do. You have to go to Audi or somebody and get them to freaking, they did say that, finance this, this production of these Sparky videos. Because you have, you know, a little old lady who's full of piss and vinegar, excuse my French, I, do, I am, and Sparky, my buddy, who has a crush on me. It was hilarious. And, it, and Nate and Kelly, they pulled it off. So I hope there's more Sparky videos because it's a great way to deliver the message. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks for being a part of my world. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.